The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. everybody tuesday august 8th it is 8 30 we are 17 days and some change away from college football kicking off but we're going to take a couple minutes to catch up because pat and i are on a podcast for the first time just us two and it seems like a while pat catch me up on uh catch me up on what you what you got going on <sighs> helped bryce move uh a dresser this evening down in quail hollow the Fun. site of the 2024 Wells Fargo Championships in May. Put okay. that on your calendar right now, Hokie Nation. <laughs> that was exciting. You know, I, I, on my way back here, I I picked up one of these. Okay, this is a Jersey Mike's number. Tw- I think twenty six. Mm-hmm. Chicken Bacon Ranch. I I say there's nothing better than this this combo, Chicken Bacon Ranch. Could, unless you can find me a better trio, Billy Ray, like like Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron. Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, and LeBron. <laughs> it's the second it time is a I've fantastic combo, and it's not just a fantastic combo on a sandwich. It's a fantastic combo on a pizza, which we did have over at Selwyn's Pub the other day, which was great. I'm ready to get the nod. Might be stealing a shtick here, if you know what I'm talking about, but I'm ready to get the nod. When's, when can we get a little Jersey Mike's love on this pod? You know, I think that needs to happen. The Jersey connection... The understanding of what a good sandwich is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to taste like, what it's supposed to be. Um, I think that needs to happen. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We're gonna try- Go ahead. I, I got to tell you guys, this summer is turning into the Jersey Mike's summer. Or at least August is turning into the Jersey Mike's month. I've had it like five or six times already <laughs> in August. No, that's a lie. I, I think I had it like twice at the end of July, like Friday, Saturday, like those that last July weekend. We had it on the boat two Saturdays in a row, and here I am with it again. Uh, but speaking of Jersey, that was like a nice Mark Packer transition. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jersey, the Rutgers game, we're fired up. Got over 300 Hokies joining us in Piscataway on September 16th. And... So many folks want to come up. So we said, hey, why don't we open this thing back up? Why don't we put it on, put in another order of tickets? And why don't we figure out this whole tailgate parking situation? So Silver Lot's going to be the place. We're going to buy some parking passes in bulk. We're going to sell the parking passes while supplies last. And uh, that's how we're going to do it. So excited about that. Um, we're only going to hold this second round of ticket ordering open for probably 48 hours. So uh, get on it while you can. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram right now. 
uh, check out the link or shoot us a DM if you're looking for the form. But we will be closing this up very soon because we got some tickets to order. We got some T-shirts to order and we got a tailgate to plan. Billy, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, hanging out in Arlington right now. Crazy storm rose through yesterday. Um, hope everybody's okay. This is two two times in Arlington, two crazy storms, but um, just counting down to football, man. I, I can't wait. Feels like, you know, I stepped outside today. There was a nice breeze. I, I took a sniff. I said, smells like football. Starting to smell like football outside. So super excited to... Uh, to talk about that and we'll get into why we're talking about football specifically a little bit later but why don't we why don't we ring in this podcast with some hokey haikus here we got three three submissions we're back in the mid-season form here things are rolling drew bedell i got a i got a thank you note from drew bedell about a week or two ago um drew and his lovely wife jenna got married in chicago in may and on his thank you note, he was like, dude, I've been listening to the pod and I wanted to submit a hokey haiku for you guys to read because, you know, dog days of summer. So I said, that sounds like a great idea. So here we go. Love golf and beach days, but the football countdown's on. Bring back the Hokies. Grady Baker, you got some competition with your German club brother, Drew Bedell. And then we got a few from Pennsylvania Hokie. I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, Penn State and Kentucky house divided there. I'm not sure what Pennsylvania is, but I'm fired up about that. He says, or she, Saudi State Knowles now. <laughs> Feldarius Payne is him. Bourbon Street secret. <laughs> there, There's probably a lot to unpack there. We don't know what it is, but... Pencil Tucky Hokey, if we run into you, if you run into us this fall uh, in or around Lane Stadium, Worsham Field, I want to hear the Bourbon Street secret. And then here's the other one. Stanford, Cal are here, question mark. Coastal Elites Conference <laughs> with an emoji. He's got the uh, sunglasses emoji. No more legacies. Sad face. This was a first time caller. Very well done. Pencil Tucky Hokie has increased his uh, his participation in Letters from the Lunch Pail and now Hokie Haiku. So Pencil Tucky Hokie, keep doing what you're doing, man. We are, or woman, again, we, we don't know. Uh, keep it up. And then one more from Travis Die. He's back. Realignment is here. Realignment's here. What's the ACC future? Where does tech end up? Two questions I don't have the answer to, but something that everybody's thinking about. So... Great job on the haikus this week, Hoax. So, Bill, we've had a fun week. Uh, every single morning slash afternoon slash night, Billy Ray's tweeting up a storm. You know, Pete Morris was Tweety Petey. Billy Ray, uh, at Billy Schmurda, uh, we are lobbying to change his Twitter name. If you have any ideas, <laughs> you know, the letters from the lunch pill, it is free. Okay. Feel free to submit whatever you want in there. Um. But every day he's putting out a new poll. Hey, who do you want to watch Hokies? Uh, you know, who, who do you want from Tech uh, to take the last shot? Who do you want calling the Tech game for a year? Um, 
you know, who's granting the rights for the name, the naming rights of Lane Stadium? <laughs> if we're naming the ACC a new thing, what are we naming it? What And what sports moment do you wish you could experience again for the first time? So we're going to run through these real quick. We're going to give our answers. Um, Billy, I'm going to let you kick things off with the clock winding down tweet. I know it was a, uh, a hypothetical. Hey, Seth Allen, uh, Ace Custis, uh, Del Curry, or uh, who's – oh, J-Rob. Mm-hmm. Who do you want taking that last shot? Yeah, I, I, I'll open this up to any sport, and <clears throat> I don't think it's any of the three other people that you mentioned's fault that they weren't in a position to do this as often. But I'm almost willing – I'm willing to say Seth Allen has been the most clutch performer in tech history. I don't know who's better. Again, we may never know um, what the clutch gene is for some other players because they weren't put in that position as often as Seth Allen was. Um, and I always talk about it when I talk about Seth Allen – a lot of people were like, ah, you know, he's splitting time with J-Rob. He came in and he really elevated this entire program once he came in from Maryland and hit shot after shot after shot. So I would put Seth Allen's late game heroics against anybody in Virginia Tech's history. So that's that. That's my answer. I'm with that. I mean, all you have to do is really just watch the highlights. And, you know, and we know Hunter Couture put on a clinic against Duke. We know Malcolm Delaney um, was – constantly just just getting to the line and scoring 20 points every single game eric green the same thing but i think when you talk about clutch moments from a clutch player that you know got us to be in a position to make the tournament seth allen and uh it was so fun to watch Uh, that that one clemson three-pointer that he had was incredible um but you know it's good to have a guy like seth allen wearing the orange and maroon all right here's the next one Question of the day. When you pull up to the tailgate on Saturdays in Blacksburg, what is your signature contribution, Billy Ray? It's Miller Lite. It's Miller Lite every single time. It's Miller time. Um, love the taste. Uh, love the the grit factor surrounding it. I feel like Miller Lite's a really gritty, gritty beer. If I'm not mistaken, it is what uh, Goodwill Hunting was drinking when he was at the construction site with Ben Affleck. Um, so look, Miller Lite, that's what I'm showing up with. I'm showing up with a 30 pack of Miller Lite and whoever wants some can get some, um, because I, I'll just say this, what really prompted this question, don't be the guy that shows up on empty handed. If it's a garden party, if it's a cookout, if it's a tailgate, show up with something. It takes 10 seconds to stop to Kroger and pick up some coleslaw, potato salad, macaroni salad, chips, salsa, beer, show up with something. Them's the rules, bro. Shows up, shows up with something. And I think that's, I think that's actually, I think we did that segment last year. What do you bring to the tailgate? And I just said something in each hand. Um, I'm not known for anything signature and uh, we'll leave it at that. Okay. What's one sports moment from Virginia Tech that you wish you could experience again for the first time? You go first. Uh, You know, it's without a doubt the Ohio state game, um, the pick six, it, it's either Marshawn Williams touchdown, uh, early in the game or the pick six by Donovan Riley, uh, without a doubt. That was magic. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, items that could be on this list, but, uh, I think, I think anyone who was at that game will, uh, definitely agree that at least it's in their personal top three or top five. I actually went with one that I wasn't at the game for. 
because I had so much fun. I, I, I can. It says, what sporting moment do you wish you could experience for the first time? You could experience through a television. You could experience through a radio. You could experience however you want. And I actually was going to say something really nice and say how I had such a great time with you in Breckenridge over the course of the ACC championship for basketball, hanging out, having a great time that three days specifically the dude, I know you're laughing because you just, you just put yourself at a pretzel here. I had so much fun watching that knowing number one, we achieved something that I never ever thought would happen. I don't think any hope you ever thought that we would win the ACC championship in basketball, seeing orange confetti, falling from the rafters and the fact that we knew that if we attended it i usually don't think that it has anything to do with it but if we attended it if we flew to brooklyn for the day might have not happened just because that's how stuff like that works that was euphoric absolute euphoria that year it was close with the six overtime win but the combination of being in Breckenridge, all the friends that we made, there were like 30 Hokies in this, in this, uh, in this bar in Breckenridge was unbelievable. So that, that was my pick. Yeah, that, that was special. The, uh, the screen grab of Hunter Couture, I don't know who's hugging him, but he's got this massive, uh, just wide open mouth grinning like crazy, uh, as it cuts to sports center with confetti falling. I think one of the reasons I love talking about the Ohio State game so much is also because there were a couple guys in my group who were, I mean, this was my sophomore year. This was, you know, probably first or second road game for some of the guys in my group who had not grown up, grown up around Virginia Tech. And for them to be able to experience a piece and a taste of that euphoria of winning a big time football game that, you know, so many lifelong Hokies had experienced over the past decade and a half. Uh, it, that was really cool and uh, be able to share that with some of my new friends that I had met in the dorm or met at, you know, hokey camp or in class or, you know, maybe even out, uh, out and about. So, um, so that was pretty cool. All right. What's next here. Let's we just have- do uh granting rights for lane stadium. Okay. Okay. Um, so this comes from Georgia tech who renamed their stadium Hyundai field or Hyundai Stadium, or something. Hyundai is proudly representing Georgia Tech. Um, I wonder if they're going to replace the Rambling Wreck with like a uh, with like a with a Hyundai. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that, but it would be pretty funny if they did. Seventy million dollars over twenty years they are making off of this deal. So I said, look, they made seventy million dollars off of Hyundai. Why don't we just give everything a name, and why don't we do? Lane Stadium presented by Amazon at Worsham Field brought to you by Boeing. You lean into two different companies. You cash two different checks. And um, we're doing uh, when when uh, Whit Babcock gets up there at the press conference, he has the two money guns. He's shooting the money guns. I, I think it would be uh, I think it would be tremendous. Yeah, I was thinking more local, you know, substation <laughs> stadium. I think that that just sounds a lot better. Billy Ray. So um, okay. that is my submission. Substation sandwich stadium. <laughs> Before we get into football, um, I do want to shout out our friends over at the Hokie Way who are doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Uh, as Coach Pry alluded to in his comments today uh, during media day, NIL is crucially important and making a difference in Southwest Virginia is also crucially important. 
Um, the Hokie Way is counting down to kickoff of the 2023 football season with a challenge for Hokie Nation. You are being challenged. We are challenging you. You up for the challenge? We'll find out. Generous donors have pledged to match up to $250,000 in donations received until kickoff against ODU on September 2nd. If you support the Hokies on the field, support Virginia Tech student athletes in creating long-lasting impact for our charitable partners and local communities. So, before it's too late, go to thehokieway.org slash donate or visit the donation page on Sons of Saturday's site. You can go to sonsofsaturday.com and on the right-hand side, you can make a donation to the Hokie Way. Shout out to our guy Hayden for figuring that out, getting that embedded. We are so excited about everything the Hokie Way is doing. We are so excited for your opportunity to make a difference for Virginia Tech moving forward. Now, everybody is talking about conference realignment. And I understand that our job is to talk about everything that pertains to Virginia Tech and everything that affects Virginia Tech. I also understand we're 17 days away from football starting. There is a Johnny Manziel documentary that came out today. Hard Knocks is coming out tonight. And the entire nation, my entire Twitter timeline is being dominated by this money-hungry, plug-your-kids-ears bullshit all day long. I went ahead and I went on the Google Trend Search machine on Google. You can basically see what's being talked about, what's trending across this great nation, across the world, and what people are talking about. Conference realignment is trending five times more than fall camp, seven times more than the college football playoff, and 16 times more than college football kickoff. I could go ahead and talk about the actual issues surrounding conference realignment, like that this is terrible for student-athletes, mental health, their ability to take classes, focus on education, which it is. I could go ahead and talk about how this is destroying regionality, destroying rivalries, and some of the things that makes this sports amazing. You look at Bedlam, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. You look at the Civil War, Oregon State versus Oregon. You look at the Chancellor's Spurs Cup, Texas versus Texas Tech. Crabtree breaks free and touchdown Texas Tech. That's all gone. It's going away. I could also talk about the fact that fun programs will likely never compete at the level that they have in the past. You look at Oregon State, you look at Stanford, you look at if this infects the ACC, what does that mean for Duke? What does that mean for Boston College? As much as I hate, and I mean hate, this stuff, it's our job to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. But for right now, for right now, we're going to talk about football. And we're just going to talk about football. So without further ado, let's go ahead and do that. We are jumping into camp, fall camp for Virginia Tech. We are at day six of camp, just getting started. They had media day today. And of course, on day six, the media is asking Coach Bowen, who's going to start at quarterback? Who's doing a great job? What does our quarterback situation look like? He's not going to have those answers. I want to talk about the adjusted schedule that they have just uh, put out. He is breaking it down as five mini camps, which essentially means they will have three days on followed by one day off, which I think is fantastic. Pat is holding up the football is back package that he received from the Hokie Club and his season tickets, which is fantastic. But 
I love this three days on, one day off thing. Camp is an absolute beast. That is why we started early. You get the opportunity to get some good work in, take some time, digest what happened over the last three days, look at the film, look at what needs to get better. Um, and I'm really interested to see how this pays off. I think every every former player that I talked to about it, when they found out about this new schedule, it's, man, I really, really wish we had this schedule because, in my opinion – if you spread this out a little bit, your body has more time to recover and you have more time to digest the plays, digest the system, digest what you need to improve upon. So I'm um, really, really excited about that. Some other things uh, just to mention, or just one thing really, is Caden Moore is moving to center. Um, there's going to be a lot of musical chairs going on in the offensive line room, uh, a room that's a little bit short, a little bit thin. So Caden Moore is moving his responsibilities to center. I'm excited. Obviously had a phenomenal freshman year. I believe he was a uh, freshman All-American after his first year. So he will be holding it down at the center position. And uh, what I want to do, Pat, is we're going to go back and forth and talk about if you and I were to attend a day at camp, what are the three things that you would be watching as you attended camp? And I'll, and I'll go first. Straight up, I want to watch one-on-ones. I think our pass rush is so important this football season uh, for our success. I have heard amazing things about Antoine Powell Ryland. Um, I would love to see what that group looks like and how the offensive line is holding up against this group as well. A lot of young talent, a lot of athletes over there loving what I've heard from Josh Fuga about that group. Loved talking to coach price about that yard dog mentality. So uh, number one for me is to watch one-on-ones between the offensive line and the defensive line. Patrick, you're at practice. You can go wherever you want. The world is your oyster. So you're essentially saying that I am living the life of a an ACC uh, digital network reporter or, yes. as we had watched last week, the old ESPNU all-access. Yes. Whether you Bring got it back. Jack Tyler oh. or Kendall Fuller. Or Jonathan McLaughlin, uh, we need more ESPNU all access. Okay, the first thing I am looking out for, you probably remember this, Billy Ray, and you probably remember it a lot better than I do, is the chatter, the chatter of <laughs> camp. Okay, Brian Steinspring, what's he yelling out? Stacy Searles, what's he yelling out? What is Coach Foster saying? What is Coach Beamer growling? Um, you know, you got Coach Leffler out there. Like, who who is saying the funny things? Who is yelling the most? That's what I want to know. I want to see what a practice is like from the coach's perspective of uh, who's getting on their guys, who's firing up their guys, and so forth. What's Coach Price saying? Man, so many memories and so many quotes are flooding into my head, uh, specifically. From a coach's perspective, I mean, if I'm giving out awards for funniest things that I had heard over camp, it's it's Cornell Brown. He was absolutely hilarious. Uh, coach Steinspring going at it with Bucky when Bucky, you know, <laughs> God bless Bucky, man. But but him trying to learn how to get in a three-point stance was just just all-time, all-time hilarious. And then Coach Leffler. Um, unbelievable rhetoric coming from uh coming from this man over the course of uh over the course of camp. I mean, you get to watch Shane Beamer with the punching bag mm-hmm. on a stick. Man, if you guys haven't seen it, go back and watch that. The ESPNU Total Access. We'll we'll put this in the in the in the article. Uh, they did it in 2013 and they did it in 2014, and they're fantastic. I, 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 again, 
bring back some of the awesome stuff that ESPN used to do. They used they used they used to actually do a good job. Now all we talk about is the college football playoff and um, five to eight teams all day. Um, but they used to actually do research and go around and, and look at all the programs. So bring that back. Number two for me is middle drill. Middle drill is where your toughness comes from. It is where you find out what the front seven on defense looks like. It's where you find out which backs have great vision. It's where you find out who's a tough guy and who's not. And middle drill is, for those of you who don't know, you essentially get the linebackers, you get the offensive line, the defensive line, quarterback and running backs, and the tight ends. You're running the ball every single time, and it's good versus good, and it's two versus twos. And um it's just a really gritty session for for lack of better terms. If you're if you're if you're wanting to experience football at a, at a high level and probably see one of the more competitive periods of practice, it, it's middle drill. Um, so I I would love to go watch uh, watch some middle drill. What do you got for number two, Pat? You know, I think for number two, it's really just identifying on the defense who is going to be uh, who are going to be some of the biggest difference makers in the front seven. Um, and when I say that the guy who I'm really looking to see uh, is Kelly Lawson. You know, Mm -hmm. he had the pick six last year. He's long, he's big, he's super athletic. He can, he can move laterally. Um, But I think Kelly Lawson is just a guy that I'm, I'm most excited about on our defense right now. I think a lot of people uh, would be saying similar things, Um, but seeing, also seeing just the development of who's going to emerge as the Mike linebacker. There's a lot of talented guys in that room. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would be just, just overall the, uh, the presence of Kelly Lawson. Yeah. The way that he's talked about in his athletic ceiling, I, I, I hate to put this on him. I hate to put this on anybody. Um, it just reminds me a lot of Tremaine Edmonds. Um, his, his athleticism that he brings to the linebacker position is, is, is abnormal. Um, and I remember the first time that I really, really, saw that was at the Liberty game, right? Where I had the opportunity to sit where I usually don't sit. I sat in the end zone and I just watched him the entire game and how quickly he covers ground, how good his football instincts are. Uh, I think he's going to be a special player at Virginia tech. Number three is uh, it goes along with your chatter comment, Pat is who is the leader who's pushing everybody who's talking smack, who's holding everybody accountable at the end of the day. You have a limited amount of position coaches that can only see so much. They can only coach so much. They can only be on top of guys as much. And I'm wondering who is the Dax Hollifield of this team? Who is the vocal leader that everybody is looking to when stuff gets difficult? So um, that is my that is my third one. Yeah, I would say for for me, number three is just newcomers, um, which is you know not necessarily a stretch at all, considering most of this team is newcomers. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like if, if I was a fly on the wall in camp in 2022, and if I'm a fly on the wall in camp in 2023, what would I notice the most? I would probably notice speed, size, and strength. Um, you know, being completely different. This team is more athletic than last year. This team is deeper than last year. Um, there's a lot more guys in the skill possession positions. You know, the running back room and the wide receiver room it looks great. Both of them comparably to last year. Um, you know, whether it's newcomers coming in like Basil Tootin um, in the running backs room or, uh, you know, even the guys were getting in the wide receiver room, Jalen Lane, 
you know, we know he's, he's a stud. Um, Daquan Felton's going to be great. Ollie Jennings is going to be great. Um, the defense is going to be pretty good and everyone's fired up about uh, APR is what they're calling him, Powell Rowland. So uh, yeah, I think just like the stark difference between year over year, what is the confidence of everyone in the building? You know, last year I'm sure it was, Hey, I don't know if we're going to win that many football games. And I want to know like, okay, what, what kind of trend are we looking at right now? I'm sure, I'm sure the general feeling, the general vibe, is a lot different from last year uh, than it is this year. So moving on, I took some quotes from uh, Coach Pry and company from Media Day. They fielded questions. Coach Pry, uh, go ahead and listen to it. He started it with about a seven-minute dialogue, um, which was great. Just kind of a state of dialogue the Dialogue or monolo- monologue? Monologue. Definitely a monologue. Um, sometimes <laughs> I just throw out big words, and unless somebody pushes back, I, I kind of roll with it. So thank you for that. Seven minutes. This is how, this is how it goes around here. It's fine, man. Seven minutes of monologue. Um, and uh, I pulled some quotes from him. So the first one is, football matters at Virginia Tech. I am constantly reminded how important it is here. Refreshing to hear. Uh, I think that's something that we all know. I think that on Twitter a lot. Um. Wit gets bashed, Sands gets bashed, Hokie Club members get bashed. I saw people bashing Wit yesterday because we didn't join the SEC in 2011. (laughs) (laughs) I just, (laughs) regardless, if you want to know how much the school cares about football, go look at some of the initiatives and the money that's being poured into it now. Forget about what happened in the past. Forget about how we didn't take advantage of you know, donors back in the 1990s and the early 2000s, that's in the past. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to pull a page out of Rafiki here, but I'm going to hit you with my staff and tell you it's in the past. You have to forget. You must move on. got to look beyond what you see. So all of you Simbas out there, look beyond what you see. Um, <laughs> so that was refreshing to hear. And then he also laid out a blueprint. Um, we got one blueprint from him which basically pertains to building the program on the Adam Brenneman podcast last month, which he said the Hokies needed to do these things to get to where they, uh, where we want to be. He said, have a great defense. He said, run the ball, have dynamic quarterback play and recruit the state of Virginia effectively. So there's that blueprint. And then he talks about basically the five pillars that he is looking to instill in this team. Number one, accountability. What did you do well? What did you not do well? Having these conversations in front of the team, difficult conversations. Those are one of the words that we're hearing from Coach Pry often, often, often. It's all about accountability. Number two, communication. And Pat, as you know, communication doesn't just go one way. It goes two ways. That means telling people how you feel, telling people what you need to tell them, and also being in a position to receive feedback. Sarah Louise Boland always told me, my coworker at Twilio, feedback is a gift. Remember that, kids. Feedback is a gift, and you should treat it as such. Number three, competition. Coach Price talked about this in our interview with him. It was too acceptable to lose in our first year, and that just wasn't you know, football games. And honestly, nobody's okay with losing. Nobody's fired up to lose. But it was more of a feeling, what he said was, it was more of a feeling of, okay, I'll, I'll get it next time, or all right, all right, I'll learn from it next time. No. It is not acceptable to lose. 
more competitive periods and practice, more obstacles, more challenges. These are all kept track of, tallying it up. How did so-and-so do on one-and-ones? How did so-and-so handle middle drill? Did the offense win? Did the defense win? Keeping track of that and creating a culture of competition. And a culture of com- competition creates a culture of winning. So that is important to him as well. Attention to detail. This is number four. Pulling a page out of Coach Beamer's book a little bit. He said, uh, Coach Beamer, if you take care of the little things, the big things will come. That's 100% true. Little things matter. Taking care of the little things. And, I, and what I'll be looking for very much this year is those little things are very reflective in pre-snap penalties. Those are reflective in um, just penalties in general. That is something that plagued Virginia Tech last year. So paying attention to detail will hopefully clean that up a little bit. And then lastly, and he said most importantly, is mentality. It is coached as hard as anything in that building. It is something to live by every single day. You can't control. Remember this, another lesson, another lesson from Billy Rafiki Ray. You cannot control everything in your life, but you can control how you react to it. Your attitude the next day, your attitude after something happens to you, whether it's good or bad. Good things happen to good people who work hard. Remember that. Tell everybody that. Good things happen to good people that work hard. This is the blueprint. This is our North Star. This is what's being taught in practice, in meeting rooms, in coach's office when he has players in there, and in uh, in team meetings as well. So, Pat, any thoughts on the uh, on the five fundamentals? Some good fundamentals. You know, we learned from that ESPNU all access that Jack Tyler walked us around the pylons, and uh, we knew that that was a big. A uh, big foundation of Coach Beamer's program. But yeah, this is very similar to that. And it's good to have that foundation uh, ingrained in your players who are, you know, they might be a veteran guy on the team or they might be a guy, you know, stepping off the bus. Um, you know, Dante Lovett, for example. He's he's mm-hmm. he's getting that foundation, which is uh, which is nice. That North Star, that blueprint, you know. Blueprint. Um, he also mentioned a couple of names, uh, Malachi Thomas. He said, quote, he's doing things he's never seen. Malachi Thomas is healthy. Um, I'm excited to see Malachi Thomas. I'm quite frankly excited to see the entire running back room. I think that we have an extremely deep running back room. Um, and he also talks about Chance Black, who our 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 homeboy Ringo is a big-time st- stock owner in Chance Black stock. I think he bought all of it. Um, so looking forward to seeing Chance Black. Looking forward to seeing Malachi Thomas, Basil Tootin, Bryce Duke, man, talk about a culture of competition. It is in that running back room. And then we heard from Tyler Bowen, who was asked about the quarterback competition. And, you know, I think I think his answer, he obviously wasn't going to pick one over the other. He wasn't going to say which one was trending more because, again, we've had six practices. But he did say the most important thing in the place that we've seen the biggest strides is growth and knowledge of what we are doing and why we are doing it. We know that Grant Wells has had success at Marshall. We know that Kieran Drones is an athletic freak. If they are put in a position where they are understanding the why and understanding the how of our offense, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. I think that was something, you know, you go back and you look at attention to detail. I think that's something that plagued us last year was not understanding assignment, not understanding the system. And if we're able to get that down, we're going to be in a much better position to succeed. And then lastly, Coach Marv, 
I don't have a quote. I just straight up love this guy. His demeanor, the way that he answers questions, the detail that he goes into when he ans- is asked questions about his scheme, about his roster, about um, how practice is going. He's phenomenal. I think he's going to be a star. I think Coach Marv is going to be an absolute star. Um, so those were my uh, my reactions from checking out Media Day. And we can move on and talk kind of a little bit about college football and the ACC in general. The American Football Coaches Association poll was released. Top five, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, and then ACC representation. We have Florida State, Clemson, and Carolina. Pat, looking at this list, any reactions off the cuff of teams that may be too high, teams that may be too low, or teams that are not represented? Uh, interested to see what TCU is going to do this year uh, after making the national championship game, uh, seeing them slot it at 16th. Um, I, 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 I just don't know. I, I think TCU might be a one hit wonder um, mm-hmm. just based on everything coming together last year. Duggan's not back, right? He's done. He is not. Duggan's done. Um, so that's one. Seeing Tulane on here is just, you know, that's a logo. They got the Mean Wave logo. Mm-hmm. That's one we're not used to seeing. Um, unique color scheme. Uh, Carolina at 20. I do think Carolina will finish ranked in the top 20 or the top mm-hmm. 25. Um, they have too much talent at the most important position on the field. Uh, Texas A&M at 25. Who knows? Just intriguing. Super intriguing. Um, I know, I know, I know what you're gonna say. I don't want to steal any of your thunder and energy. No, say it, say it. I, I don't I, I I'm not gonna go into the um I am interested, I, I'll say it, I guess. <laughs> Tennessee, <laughs> I'm interested, I'm interested to see how they do with a new quarterback. I'm interested to see how they do with a really, really tough schedule. Um I am a Josh Heupel truther. I do think he's a He's a tremendous coach, um, but he's got a lot on his plate. Uh, I do think it's interesting. We got Kansas State, rightfully so, uh, in the top 25 right behind TCU after they won the Big 12. A lot of people forget that Kansas State won the Big 12 last year. Um, They did indeed do that. Oklahoma coming in at 19. It's a little weird, some of the logos where they are. You got Notre Dame at 13. I'm not used to seeing Alabama in any slot other than one and two. You have them at number three. And then Florida State. It's going to be interesting. Is there a team that's talked about more than Florida State right now without a whole lot of past success recently? A lot, a lot of hype surrounding Florida State. It's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. People are talking a lot about Penn State, too. Um, yeah. This top 25 poll, there's just a lot of uh, former Big 12 teams here yeah. taking up the back half too mm-hmm. i mean you got a&m you got texas tech you got oklahoma you got kansas state and you got texas you know all from 12 to 25 and then uh can't forget about T- uh, tcu who you know mm-hmm. tcu mountain west prior to uh prior to the big 12 i couldn't tell you yeah but i mean like i don't think there's that many teams on this list that are super non-traditional other than uh you know Oregon State, Tulane, and uh 
that's kind of it. But another another interesting observation too. You go ahead and you look. You got three ACC teams represented. You also have three Pac-12 teams that are represented in USC, Oregon State, and Washington. Um, and Oregon, and you got four Pac-12 teams. Oregon, that's right. You got four Pac-12 teams represented. Um, one of which is <laughs> one of the only members in the Pac-4 in Oregon State. They got DJU up there. Um, so we'll see what happens. A um, couple other quick hitters just from around the ACC. Wake Forest starting wide receiver and kick returner Donovan Green is out three to five months with a non-contact injury that happened in day two at camp. You hate to see that. Camp injuries are unavoidable. They're terrible. I hate that. Uh, wishing him a speedy recovery. Um, he had 37 catches last year for 642 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, so that's a huge loss for Wake Forest. And then two NCAA uh, the NCAA is doing nothing about conference realignment. They are making sure that they step in and uh, and deny waivers and transfer eligibility requests. So North Carolina's presumed number one wide receiver, Tez Walker, had his eligibility denied by the NCAA. They are going to appeal. And then Darrell Jackson, a defensive lineman from Florida State, was denied his request. So he transferred from Maryland to Miami. And then he transferred to Florida State to be closer to his mother, who has a medical condition. He grew up 20 minutes from Florida State. Um, very similar to the Brock Hoffman mm-hmm. situation. Yep. Um, but it's just it, it just drives me crazy. Um, I hate to see that. I know, I know I speak a lot about how conference, not conference realignment, how player transferring is usually poor for the player. Um it's just frustrating to see so many things in college football that are going so crazy. And we're not, um, this, this, this is what, you know, it seems everybody's talking about. So, um, taking us home, Pat, where are we going? We are opening up the lunch pail. I know it's long past dinner time, Billy Ray, but it's time for some letters from the lunch pail. Thank you all for submitting these questions. John Cranham says, what are both of you most excited about this coming football season? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is getting started. The answer is September. The answer is always September, in my opinion. You know, over this past however long amount of time where we haven't been good at football, September's always great. You know why? Because, mm-hmm. you know, maximum you could have four maybe five in the loss column. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time you should start one, two and oh, that's what we used mm-hmm. to do at least. Um, you know, it was great being two and one at one point last year, mm-hmm. nice game over 500 going into week four. So September is great because there's nothing like a September Saturday. You're still fired up. You still haven't been let down too much. Um, so I'm I'm most excited for September and just getting back in Lane Stadium, man. Blue jeans yeah. and, and sweatshirts. Blue jeans and sweatshirts. I mean, the only no for what I'm not excited about this upcoming football season is just it's conference realignment one, but number two is just Josh Pate was talking about this on his podcast, and it's just it bothers me so much that all of the rhetoric and all of the conversations surrounding the great game that is college football has been boiled down to who's making the playoff. How good is Ohio State? Is Ohio State going to beat Michigan? There are so many awesome teams, awesome traditions, and awesome things to talk about 
And it just bothers me that every single week, regardless of the situation, we talk about eight to 10 teams. Um, I don't know how that's fixed. This never happened during the BCS. This, this, this is my longstanding argument that, you know, the college football playoff has really damaged the sport. And it's not really only because of the playoff. It's how the media has covered it. It's that the media has put such an emphasis on, well, nothing else matters unless you make the playoff. Uh, I think the expanded playoff will help that a little bit, but um, I would say that that that's that's what really bothers me. Uh, I really, you know, we're going to do the best job that we can to talk about, you know, Virginia Tech specifically, obviously, with some of the other awesome stuff that goes on in college football. Um, number the two, Rutgers game, we're also pretty excited about. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Do you want to take this next one? I know this was a big monkey wrench in your uh, in your afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> You know, letters from the lunch pail. It's like life advice, you know? Uh-huh. We're having a little bit of fun with it. Today, Bryce and I went to pick up a dresser from the Quail Hollow area and uh, had a little bit of concern because it was from like Unit 315. You think, Unit 315? Am I going to have to bring this dresser down, th- you know, two flights of stairs from the third floor? So the question is, this is the debate question from Bryce. When buying something off FB Marketplace, is the buyer or the seller required to get the item out of the house? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. So I think there's a little nuance to this question. Number one, love Facebook Marketplace. It is a fantastic place to get furniture. Do not get a bed from there. Do not get a couch from there. That is disgusting. That is how you get bed bugs. That is how you get nastiness, uh, in my opinion. In my opinion. So don't don't do that. It, it, it definitely don't get a bed off of Facebook Marketplace. Please, please don't do that. Um, but I think if it's on three flights of stairs, if you don't mention it, first first rules you have to say this is on the third floor. There is no elevator. Uh, you're coming to get it. If you don't mention it, you at least have to offer help you at least have to say okay it's on the third floor i'm willing to help you get it out of the house i think the understanding is that i'm gonna have to move it um but if i'm asking somebody to get it off the third floor i'm helping to move it out um period end of story um i don't know if that was the situation but uh, i think there's an understanding that it's on you to pick it up similarly uh and thankfully it was on the first floor we were holding our breath so this didn't even happen. No, but you got to talk about the hypotheticals. <laughs> now, the second thing that happened today, as we were pulling into his driveway and unloading said dresser, this guy's walking his dog, and he's he's walking his dog, and his dog has to go, number two, right in mm-hmm. front of Bryce's car, right in front of his house. And he's going, and all of a sudden, we're unloading the car. And the guy walks away with his dog after doing his business on the lawn. No. Doesn't pick it up. No. And we're just, you know, we're, we're over here standing over by the car, you know, pulling the dresser out. Like, did that, did that guy just do that? Like, we're, you know, we're like, hey, what's the situation there, right? Obviously, the situation there is say, hey, hey dude, did you just do that? Did you just try to get away with that? So he's over by the stop sign 
And he's noticed that we've noticed, you know, his whole dog situation on Bryce's lawn. And I just point at, at, at the business, Ron Cherry style. And, uh-huh. uh, He's like, oh yeah, I'm coming back to I'm I'm coming back to get it. And then Bryce was like, no, you weren't. Like, there's there's no way, there's no way. But um, you got to say something, obviously. And what happened? So he came back and picked it up. You know, 20 minutes later. So <laughs> dude, if, if we didn't say anything, he would have left it. But there's no way this guy was coming back. No shot. Zero, Zero chance. Um, Zero chance. So, you know. I don't know. I don't, I can't help this guy. Um, neither can you, Billy. But just another no. thing that happened today. No, don't be that guy. That is a uh, look. It's very it's very easy not to be a jerk. Um, and and leaving do- doggy dookie on the uh, on the front lawn is just it's, it's unacceptable. With um, respect, you know, Pat. I'll just say it. If you can't handle the responsibility of a dog, don't get a dog. Very simple. Picking up poop. Taking him out, handling your business. If you can't handle it, don't get a dog. Um, moving on, Cole Massey. Over under five and a half wins this year. I do believe that the Hokies will win over five and a half games, and I'll transition that into the next question. It's how many wins do we need for this season to be considered a success slash step forward? To me, it's winning. It's going to a bowl game. If you go to a bowl game, that means that you've probably beaten four to five ACC teams it means that we've doubled our win total from last year. Um, feeling pretty good about ourselves. If you win more than six games, um, I'm feeling great. If it's seven wins, if it's eight eight wins, we're we're ahead of schedule. So I hate doing this because college football is so fluid. Injuries, pandemics, um, disasters. You never know what's really going to happen. So, um, Pat, do you have a do you have any thoughts on kind of measuring success this year? Oh, I mean, improvement on on both sides of the ball. I think, um, especially in close games, you know, just on the field game management, uh, less penalties from the offensive line, less penalties overall. Um, Organization. Yeah, you know, I, I think more so, hey, training wheels are off, obviously. A lot of things that, a second year head coach corrects, you know, that they learned from their first year and um, mistakes are all part of the experience. Right. So um, I, I think tracking progress against that, you know, we had, we had three, four close losses last year and um, you know, turning those close losses into close wins. Um, you know, we never saw an opportunity. We never saw an area last year where the team gave up, which I know was one of your favorite parts about last year's team. And mm-hmm. You know, I think now it's like, okay, who who are we seeing? Who are we seeing on both sides of the ball can that can you know not take over a game, but are really actually impact players? You know that that we were lacking last year, um, and having guys that are reliable on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think we're going to see. I think we could probably see improvement on in every single unit on this team. Um, I mean, I, I think I think really if, if we're just trying to evaluate success, it's are we improving year over year? And, you know, that, that starts in the win column. Um, how many wins or I'm sorry, how long slash short is Grant Wells leash as a starter? I have no idea. 
Uh, I don't know what we're seeing out of Kyron Drones in practice. I don't know what we're seeing out of Pop Watson in practice. Um, so I, I, I have no idea. We'll see. Um, we're going to go in a rapid speed here for the last few. Sleet Hernandez. Love this guy. Why do people keep thinking Notre Dame will join a conference? If they were to Great join a conference, question. if they were to join a conference, which won't happen in the next 30 years, it'll be the Big Ten, not the <laughs> ACC. The ACC is not adding Notre Dame. They are not adding Stanford and Cal to add Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a brand that is bigger than any in college football. They have a television deal that is individualized to them that is huge. There is zero reason they should join a conference. They should not even consider it. They're not coming to the ACC. Stop. Enough. And they love being the outlier. Yes. They and love they getting hated for it. It just they, it it builds the legacy of, of the Notre Dame football program. And they are never going to leave that un, unless they're in a situation where their hands are tied. But guess what? That's not going to happen anytime no. soon. You, you got can't Colin tie up Cowherd. That Come on now. Colin Cowherd spewing nonsense yes. about how Cal and Stanford to the ACC would be a a good move because that will entice Notre Dame to join the ACC. Why? Colin Cowherd, I I tuned in after after people were freaking out about the Dwayne Haskins thing. Um, rightfully so because it's an absurd thing to say. He said that Penn State was a public a public ivy. He said that on the uh, on the show today. He also said that Purdue is like a public ivy as well. Um, so no, look, people like Colin Cowherd, people that try to cover a million things. If you don't watch something, don't talk about it because you're going to sound dumb. It's like Stephen A. Smith when he tries to talk about MMA. Stop. You don't know what you're talking about. Stephen what, Collier, have any of you guys wait, ever wait, wait, wait. I was going to say, what's the difference between uh, Colin Cowherd and Ryan Rossillo? We know the similarities. What's Colin the Cowherd is married with kids. <laughs> Rossillo knows what it's like to go to an SEC football game. That's true. That's true. Colin Cowherd loves to pontificate about the uh, about the Pac-12. Um, Stephen Collier, have you guys ever had an altercation with any visiting fan, or what's the worst thing a visitor has said to you or said about Virginia Tech? Question of the day. I have actually had more negative um, confrontations with Virginia Tech fans um, about myself. 99% of it comes on Twitter. Uh, about 1% of it comes in person. And b- big respect to people who back it up in person. Most people do not. Um, but that's what happens when you have an opinion and they put it out there. So, um yeah, I haven't really had any negative interactions with fans. Uh, I loved Notre Dame. Everybody was, I guess Notre Dame's like the outlier because they were super nice. Um, but I haven't really had a negative negative interaction with fans of opposing of opposing teams. Uh, UVA a little bit here and there. Like they'll try to like t- trash talk, um, but they're just like just that's so, a short conversation. Yeah, like so <laughs> just lame and everything. Um, <laughs> it's just like a joke. West Virginia going up there two years ago, they were great. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. My most miserable experience was Ohio State. I think a lot of people would say the same. Um, got into a verbal altercation with a uh, a Bowling Green alum 
who was cheering for the Buckeyes. And uh, he was wearing a Maurice Claret jersey. And he kept calling me Marcus Vick because I had a Tyrod Taylor jersey on. Um, <laughs> jokes on him. That was not a Marcus Vick jersey. And uh, we've we've referred to him as Bowling Green guy for the past nine years. Look, and, I would I I would be upset if I was from Ohio too. I, I would I would be upset. No offense to any Ohio people out there, but um, not my favorite state. Maybe I don't get it. You guys call lakes beaches? They're not. They're lakes. Um, great but, question, uh, Stephen. I would love. I would love. We should put this out on Twitter later this week. Hey, share an experience where you had a bad interaction with fans. Miami fans, horrible, horrible. That's true. Uh, Twenty seventeen, awful experience uh, with Miami fans down there. Last question from Hokie Bird fan page. Which Virginia Tech are you looking forward to the most? Which one are you looking forward to the least? The one I'm looking forward to the most is the next one. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Taking a page out of Tom Brady's book. Which ring was your favorite? The next one. I can't wait for college. I can't wait for college football. I can't wait for Virginia Tech football. I can't wait for us to play ODU. I can't wait for us to play every team on our schedule. Um, the one that I am least looking forward to is is pretty obvious. It's playing Marshall at Marshall. It's a nightmare game. Um, For those of you who, this is what bothers me. If Tech loses this game, the reaction from fans is going to be, we suck because Marshall sucks. Now, I'm here to tell you, Marshall is way better than most listeners probably think that they are. They have a phenomenal defense. They have four first-team all-conference preseason picks. Uh, again, the game is in Huntington. Um, so I think that's going to be a tough game. Not saying we're going to lose. It's just, it's a lose lose situation. You lose the game, it's because we suck. We win the game, it's because Marshall sucks and we should be Marshall. Um, so is there a game that you're looking forward to less than that one? No, which is why I don't think our schedule sucks that much. Like we have just every single team on our schedule is just kind of just above average or below average mm-hmm. or average. And yeah. then there's Florida State. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Good, you know? yeah. Um there's no world beaters and there's no one that's absolutely dreadful. I, I think Virginia is probably the worst team on our on our calendar this year. Um really looking Virginia might, Virginia might win two games this year. Yeah. That that might happen. Yeah, they're gonna have a tough time. Um <laughs> Gonna have to steal your the next one, and then uh, at Boston College, can't say I'm looking forward to that one at all. Okay. Um, okay, really, just could not be more down on Boston College. I know your guy Christian Mahogany is up there. Mm-hmm. I know you love Jeff Halfley. I could not be more of a seller on Boston College at this point in my fanhood career. They no, bring, I get it. They bring zero to the table. You know, I get it. you said don't show up to the tailgate empty handed. Guess what Boston College is doing? They're showing up late it. and asking you, hey, man, like, or no, no, no. <laughs> hey, man, can I have one of your beers? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, stop, stop being a bottom feeder of this conference. Um, it does, it does, it does suck because Boston is such a great city. And when you play that, like, when you play them in November, past October or like past mid October, it's just a bummer. Um, there's no baseball. Um, did okay here's a question did tom brady and and the escalation 
of the Red Sox destroy Boston College football? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Red Sox won the World Series. Boston College was a, uh, a competitive team in the Big East. They were a competitive team in the early ACC years. You know, they went to back-to-back ACC titles in 07 and 08. Um, and the Red Sox won their first World Series in 2003, and the Patriots won 2004. their first. 2004, 2004. Mr. Red Sox fan. Okay, I mixed it up with the Patriots who won their first Super Bowl. Did they win their first Super Bowl in 01 or 03? I think it was 01 because it was the year or the 01 season in 2002 because I think it was the year after 9 11. I'm going to have to fact check that. So I guess like what I'm trying to say is that Boston became the championship city. All these teams were just Mm -hmm. playing really good ball. Uh, professionally and in the postseason and boston college was too and then they just drove their ferrari right off a cliff and no one heard from boston college really ever again i think it has to do more with the fact that it's in boston and most talented college football players don't want to go to boston and they didn't find another matt ryan and matt ryan's don't grow on trees um so i think i think that had to do with it i don't still got to the ac title game with dominique davis that is true that is true um, that's a podcast um i'm going to week zero fun fact that's the game i'm looking forward to what game is on week zero notre dame navy dude that's right you are going to dublin that's going to be a ton of fun um a lot of content throw some content up from that a lot but, of content coming uh fan days this sunday go out and check it out uh triumph nil members you get early access so if you're a member of the triumph platform you get early access to fan day um, go out, say hello to the players, say hello to the coaches. Um, but that does it for us, Pat. You have a great rest of your week. I'm gonna have the great rest of my week. Everybody here listening and watching on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, please. It does help us out. Uh, you have a great week too, and we'll talk to you soon. Reach out to you and say.